0: WNRI, the following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI.
1: Welcome to Shat Chat, the people's sports talk radio show on WNRI, with your host, Bradley Shatraw.
2: We are back with the Shat Chat radio show here on WNRI. And obviously, everyone is excited for the big game tonight as the Patriots travel to Buffalo on Monday Night Football. And they will take on the Bills in what now looks like it's going to be a battle against the weather. It is snowing in Buffalo from the last picture I saw they're saying between 30, 40 mile per hour wins, so it could get interesting tonight in Buffalo, that is for sure. Big test for Mac Jones and the Patriots. This is probably the you know, best team they've faced in six, seven weeks here. so it's going to be very interesting to see how they respond to that. But no doubt about it, this is a huge game for both sides. And you know, over this winning you know, streak that the Patriots have had, the combined record of their opponents is 34 and 38. Now, you take out the Titans, who were kind of injury riddled. They are a pretty good team that has really been knocked down by the injuries they've suffered. You take out that game, and the record of those opponents would be 26 and 34. So it's not necessarily like they've been over, you know, these high powered teams, but. It's also not like they're you know just skating by these teams or, or or barely sneaking by. They are making no mistake about it, blowing a lot of these teams out and really leaving no doubt between who is the better team. So you know you look at it from both ends. I mean they're taking care of business but not necessarily against the greatest opponents. but tonight, this is a good opponent. The bills are one of the better teams here in the AFC. And while they did have an ugly loss to the Indianapolis Colts, they lost that game 41-15. They did come back on Thanksgiving and get a 31-6 win over the New Orleans Saints. So, I mean, they should be back on the right track here. Tonight's going to be interesting because Josh Allen is going to have to make some things happen with his legs if the weather is or continues to be what it looks like it is right now, that'll be something to watch. Now, you look at who's got the advantage on either side of these teams, and and to me, the Patriots, they have the better defense. They have the better kicker, but it's not by much. I mean, Tyler Bass is pretty good for the Buffalo Bills. They have the better head coach, Bill Belichick. And really, they have the better crew of running backs, that's for sure. I mean, it's pretty incredible, the Patriots running back core right now. I mean, Brandon Bolden fills kind of the role of whoever catches the passes out of the backfield. And then you got a two-headed monster in Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And Stevenson has really come on and played well for this team You know, the Bills, they have the better overall offense, in my opinion. Definitely more explosive, that's for sure. They have the better quarterback in Josh Allen, the better wide receiving core, and they're at home. And in a game like this, with the weather being what it is, having this game at home is pretty darn important. Now, like I said, we really have to take into account how the weather is going to change some things tonight. Like I said, snowing, 30, 40-mile-per-hour winds. That probably takes the kicker out of it. That takes a lot of the passing game out of it. So you're going to see a different brand of football than we usually would have seen if it was, if it was better weather tonight. That's I mean, a lot of running the ball, a lot of punts, I'm sure. And one thing to keep in mind is you know muffed punts. That could be a big factor here in what changes field position. If somebody can't catch a punt because of the weather, That could really flip the field position in a snap of a finger. So that's something to watch as well. And both teams are really interesting at the moment because we're all trying to figure out how good they actually are. You look at the Patriots' losses, it was to the Buccaneers, it was to the Saints with Jameis Winston, and it was to the Cowboys. And they do have wins over the Chargers and a beat-up Titans team. But it seems like the biggest test they've had they have come up short in those games. Obviously, outside of the Chargers game, who I think are a better team than their record 7-5 and five right now shows... But they've had some questionable losses as well, so you never know what's going on in L.A. The Bills' losses, I mean, they've lost to the Steelers, Titans, Colts, and even the Jaguars, which was obviously their ugliest loss of the season. But they have beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So both these teams have really not passed their biggest test this season. And that's why this game all of a sudden becomes that much more intriguing. Both these teams have something to prove. They have to come out of this with a win and for the Patriots I mean they could fall all the way from the number one overall seed in the AFC tonight all the way down to that fifth seed so a lot to lose for them and you know one thing about the weather is that Buffalo's run defense is very good I mean they've allowed the third least yards per carry and while the Patriots running game is pretty darn good like I said with uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson A good run defense in bad weather. It's going to be interesting to see if the Patriots can move the ball, can move the chains, and get some first downs tonight. Because if you take the run out of it, then you're really putting them in a tough, tough position. The Patriots are going to have to move the ball through the air tonight. And while Mac Jones was pretty good in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game in the rain and a windy, weird night in New England... It's also a little bit different than tonight because it's going to be a lot colder. It's going to be snow tonight, and I'm sure it's going to be a little bit more windy than it was that night. Now, obviously, the same goes for Buffalo, but again, they are at home. They should be used to this. They've been practicing in it all week, so it's going to be one of those things where they have the slight advantage there, but they're just as much going to have to deal with these weather conditions and and, and what that brings. Now, tonight's a massive game for Josh Allen, in my mind. And the reason I say that is because he's got the big contract. He's gotten his team to the AFC Championship game before. He's proven he's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. But tonight he shows if he can win one of the bigger regular season games in his career. And he's got everything on his side. It's at home. His offense is healthy. He has the better weapons. He can use his legs far better than Mac Jones can. So with the playoff implications on the line... The Bills have to have this game. Can he lead them to victory? I believe he will. Spoiler alert: I am picking the Bills tonight. But that is something you you, you have to watch here. I mean, this is one of the bigger regular season games that Josh Allen's going to have to play in. I'm sure Jamal will ha- have some others in his head. Huge Bills fan. He will be calling in here a little while from now. And at the end of the day, Mac's only a rookie. And the Patriots get this second game of this series at home. So Mac kind of has a a little more leeway here for sure. He's not as established as Josh Allen is. And again, he has another game against the Bills in New England. So that's one of the things that kind of takes a little bit more of the pressure off Mac Jones. But don't get me wrong. He still has a lot of pressure tonight, obviously with the playoff implications of this game. And instead of all the focus being on Mac, like I said... Josh Allen is the one that has the opportunity tonight and as much as New England has a tough three game stretch the Bills have a tough four game stretch over the next month as well so both these teams are really shaping up to have a real dogfight to the AFC East division see who's going to win that you look at what New England has they have the Bills tonight obviously. A bye next week. They go in to play the Colts and then the Bills again. But Buffalo, they've already had their bye. So they have New England, Tampa, Carolina, and then New England again. So whoever comes out with a win tonight gets off to a big start for their next few games here that are ultimately going to determine this division. Because both teams don't finish with the craziest final two games. I think New England is Jacksonville and Miami. And the Buffalo Bills finish with, they have the Jets and somebody else that is slipping my mind right now. But, you know, another thing about this game is the Bills have a chance to kind of end a narrative. But I do have a call, so I want to take that. Welcome to Chat Chat.
0: Hey, Brad, it's Ben. Hey, Ben. Yeah, so you know me. I'm a a big, big betting man. So I got a betting question for you tonight. What do you got? Um... The over-under is set at 40 and a half right now, I believe. And I just want to get your thoughts. Do you think the over is possible at all with the weather? Because, I mean, I know I sent you a video of the weather, you know, before the show, and it looks pretty extreme. So I'm, not, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that.
2: Well, that's the thing. If the weather is going to stay the way it is and it continues throughout the entire game, it doesn't really lighten up at all. I can't see a situation in which the over would hit because – It's just it's it's tough to see both teams moving the ball down the field enough and coming away with a touchdown despite and obviously the field goals now become very questionable as well. You know, the extra three points you'd get off those. So getting points on drives is going to be much, much harder tonight. And, And I really if the weather is as bad as it looks from the videos and the pictures we're seeing on social media, I think it's going to be a very, very low-scoring game, an old-fashioned type football game, a lot of the runs. And I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, I mean, one thing that's going to be big to watch tonight is muffed punts. Can can these guys catch the punts? Is that a way that they're going to be able to flip the field position? So it's going to be interesting. But me personally, I think it's going to be very, very low-scoring if the snow holds up and these winds, especially if they hold up, because that's going to affect the passing game. That's what's going to affect the field goals.
0: Yeah, going off that kicking topic, I mean, what I'm really interested to see is if, if you're past the 50, I mean, fourth and whatever it is, I think you've got to go for it. I mean, even if you're on the 20 going into the red zone, if there's 50-mile-an-hour winds, it, that's definitely not a chip shot from there. Even if it's like a fourth and eight, I'd, I'd still consider going for it at that point. Well, And, and that's that, that could also play into the total, too, because... I mean, if they're converting on fourth down, maybe they will score more. I mean, it's just such a low total. It's, it is. It's It's definitely tempting to take the over because of how well these teams have been scoring. But at the same time, I mean, the weather is just such a big factor in this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you're saying, with this fourth down point, I think you're right. And I think another reason that you are right is because at the end of the day, it's not like the team that would get the ball back if you aren't able to convert on that fourth down is going to have the short field position is that big of a deal tonight as it would be in prior weeks because it's not going to be easy driving the ball down the field and that's probably I mean it's not as good as a punt or, or something like that but it, I mean it's, it's fairly close because exactly what I'm saying I mean getting to the chains tonight is not going to be easy so I would have to agree I mean if you get down in, in a certain area where you're in your opponent's territory going forward on fourth down should be something that is heavily considered on both sides
0: yeah and another another question i have is obviously going to this game all eyes were on mac jones and uh Josh Allen, but do you think we see either quarterback get to at least 250 passing yards? See, so, I, I, mean, I, I just personally don't think it's going to be possible.
2: That's right? yeah, that's another one of those things where if I'm going to follow what I'm saying, I mean, I, I just don't see how that could happen because it, it's going to be very tough to be, to be able to move the ball through the air like that and consistently enough to even get to a 250 yards mark. So that's another thing. I, I would have to take the under on that as well because like I'm saying, I think it's going to be a lot of it's going to be resemblant of, of old-fashioned football. A lot of running the ball, hoping your defense can come away with stops. And and even like I said, I mean, the field goals tonight are, are very questionable. It's going to be a weird football game tonight. It's not going to be kind of a normal NFL game. And that's kind of where you wonder if that's where Bill Belichick excels. You know, the game goes kind of really weirdly. It's going to be old-fashioned, and I think maybe that's where we could see kind of the brilliance of Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this game is definitely going to be reminiscent of that Ravens-Patriots game two years ago where it was just absolutely downpouring in New England. And obviously that was a huge factor for the Ravens because they had like over two minutes left on their last drive. But, I mean, they just simply couldn't do anything in that windy monsoon. So it's like you're really going to wonder how the Bills are going to implement their offense tonight because obviously Stephon Diggs is their second best player on offense besides Josh Allen but it seems like he's not going to have any deep balls tonight because it might not even be possible to throw a deep ball so I mean you could argue this for any game but tonight's game is going to be won at the line of scrimmage and the more physical team is going to win at the end of the night
2: Absolutely. And another interesting thing about this game and the weather conditions is the fact that both of these teams could viably have to play in a weather condition similar to what they're going to tonight in the playoffs, because Buffalo, it can get ugly over there at the time that the NFL playoffs roll around, and it can definitely get ugly in New England weather when the playoffs run roll around as well. So it's not just one of those that you can kind of write off after the game's over, like I oh, will it was a weird weather game, because we gotta be honest with ourselves, both of these teams could have to deal with this same problem in the playoffs so it's going to be very telling on each side
0: yeah absolutely i mean we know this new england weather it's not going to get any warmer from here on out and if we have if we have the same amount of snow as we did rain in the summer we're in for a tough winter so i mean you're, you're totally right when you say that a, a playoff game could be played in the snow as well
2: that is for sure that is for sure well hey ben i appreciate you calling in and i uh look forward to talking to you next time absolutely bro have a going? All right, Ben Catino, known Patriots fan, so we will flip the script when Jamal Harris calls in in a little while because he is a very well-known Buffalo Bills fan, and we'll hear from that side as well. But I do need to go to, and I will be right back. Time to pay a few bills, so hang tight with more Shat Chat with Bradley Shatraw on WNRI. If you live in North Smithfield, Woonsocket, or Barville and need a landscaper for this summer, Nick Dybala and 3D Lawn Care can take care of all your needs. 3D is known for their quality lawn care and specializes in hardscaping work as well. Call Nick to schedule a quote at 401-692-1631. Let them take care of your landscaping needs so you have more time to do what you enjoy. Cruelfan.com is a website designed to cater towards the sports fan who wants more than just the traditional sports articles. They post articles about video games, sports cards, and the latest topics from various writers from southern New England. They're active on social media with videos from a list of analysts that includes me, Chat Chat host, Bradley Shatraw. Visit Cruelfan.com to get the full Cruel Fan experience you expect from those who know sports. Sports news, opinions, what's yours? Do you need a scratch or dent taken out of the body of your car? Visit Cody Auto Body in North Smithfield. It is located right next to Little General at 716 St. Paul Street, and with their state-of-the-art equipment and DuPont paints, owner Mike Cody will take care of all your needs. Give them a call today at 401-762-2883, or go in and talk to Mike directly. He has taken care of my car for years, and I've never once been disappointed. You can visit their page on Yelp to get more information. And we are back here with the Chat Chat Radio Show on WNRI. Call into the show, 401-766-1380 or 401-769-0600. Give me your thoughts on the upcoming big game, Patriots at the Bills. Weird weather game, going to be very telling about both teams, has huge playoff implications, so any thoughts you got, Send them my way. I will accept the call and look forward to hearing from anyone that decides to do so. Now, one thing about this game that is, is kind of irking me, something that I've seen throughout the week that has been a, a little annoying, is this whole narrative of, well, Bill Belichick owns the Bills. Well, I mean, I guess that's true. And I guess he has a lot of past success against the Buffalo Bills. But that was with Tom Brady and as much as it rings true for the history last year without Tom Brady the bills came away with two wins it's not like at any point they stole a the game and i get it they they had a game it seemed like they were going to be able to steal it cam Newton ended up fumbling that football and ultimately the bills came away with a win they came away with a convincing win the second time around but i just don't understand how people register that in their head as being something that's viable tonight you know that was a whole totally different team. I mean, you had Tom Brady and a much different core. You look at the free agents that Bill Belichick brought in and such, and at the end of the day, it's, it's just not true anymore. It just isn't. Now, I do have a call that I will take right now. Welcome to Shot Chat. What's
3: going on? That's Jamal.
2: Hey, Jamal. All right, I know it's a big day for you. What do you got for me?
3: Hey, man, I am... I agree with everything you said, man. Like I said, they was a chest. I appreciate that. That uh, man, uh, the Bill owns the Bill stuff too. Was different team or whatever. Um, I would say too, you know, we, had, we didn't have to a great team in that drought era for the most part. Um, you know, even when we got you know Sean McDermott, even with Tom Brady were there, you know, we, we made Tom Brady struggle. Um, you know, if you go back and look through the games, he's been there since 2017. You know, Tom Brady spent some of his worst games of the year
2: look a strong and dulling defense,
3: which gives me confidence to call me the pamphlet. Jamal, can you hear
2: me? Yeah, yeah can you hear me? Uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble. It's very static. You just give me a call back, and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take it back, and, and we'll figure it out, all right? Okay, we'll do it. All right. So while he calls back, I mean, like I was saying, I just I don't think that rings true anymore because it's just not the same team. We got a different core here. It's not Tom Brady anymore. This is a rookie quarterback with a lot of new free agents that Bill brought in that have done very well. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I mean, that that that's just that point doesn't mean anything to me anymore at this point. So it's just it's really one of those things where it's 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 strange to me that that is you know something that's being said jamal how are we doing
3: good All right. I All right. much better
2: right? much better much better
3: okay yeah i glad you mentioned that because it is again the weather is going to be a huge factor it's windy as a freaking mug here um probably even worse down in luxury park um so yeah that, that's definitely going to be an issue in today's game um not so much, not so much the precipitation, could be snow, could not be snow, but the wind gust is going to make things really, really difficult. We're going to make things really hard. Just biggest game of the year for special teams, uh, you know, and any team for sure.
2: No, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, you know, like you said about the precipitation, it's it's kind of a, a maybe. But at the end of the day, that wind is still going to affect the, the kicking game a lot. It's still going to affect the passing game a lot. I mean, deep down the field, I'm just not even sure that's going to be there tonight if the winds continue to be this bad in Buffalo, which they are expected to. So it's going to be a weird football game in my mind.
3: Yeah, you know, they're supposed to kind of cut down toward towards kickoff or whatever. Again, we're kind of only like an hour or so away, um, you know, <laughs> Again, Buffalo is a little different from Orchard Park. is about a half hour away, so it could be different right there. But it's extremely windy when I'm, where I'm at. So it's going to be tough to get any type of a, of a passing game going. But that's exactly why we brought Josh Allen here to uh, you know pass the ball on this type of weather.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And another thing about Josh Allen is he, he's, he can work with his legs and he can make things happen that way. So I think that's something to watch tonight if indeed it is tough to, to, to involve the passing game in this one. But, I mean, what are your thoughts? Where, where are you at with this game?
3: Um, again, I think it's a big game. I definitely, you know, the, the media is just ready to, to crown the Patriots. It's like they, it's, they set this up as a pretty much a crowning coordination for the Patriots. Almost everybody's picking the Patriots in this game, though, even though the Bills is favored, favored by Vegas and favored by all the analytics or whatever. Um, all the experts are picking the Patriots, so, you know, kind of like the underdog mentality. The team's playing that underdog mentality. The coach has been, you know, playing that in all the press conferences he's done all week. It's going to be very tall um, telling with the Patriots show. It's going to be telling what the, the Bills are showing me too, you know. I've seen this team fight through adversity time and time again. I think they'll be able to do it again on a Monday night. They are the better team, um, better um, better coaching staff in general, I would say. And so hopefully we can see that tonight.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's definitely going to be, uh, you know, a big one for both sides. Got, got huge implications on it. Now, do you have a key to the game? You know, defensively, offensively. Do you have anything you think is is a key tonight for the Bills to come out with a win?
3: Um, the big thing, the big thing for me is turnovers. If we do not turn the ball over, we will not lose the game. I have no doubt about it. Um, you know, the Patriots. I believe they're going to be they're going to struggle to move the ball um, all night long, especially with the winds. It's going to take whatever passing game they even they already have. Well, I mean which is a solid pass game, not gonna, you know, disrespect it in any means. Um but it's gonna, you know, they are they are challenged. Um in that part of the um in that part of the offense it is definitely gonna struggle um tonight. on um, the Bills they have been pulling for a couple of turnovers, other you know, kind of fluffy turnovers or, you know, just bad picks. Can't turn the ball over tonight. Um can't have any specialty mistakes tonight. Um <clears throat> just, just, just absolutely cannot happen. So that's the big thing: no turnovers, no specialty mistakes for sure.
2: How's the offensive line looking? Is is it healthy? You got anybody missing there?
3: Yeah, Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown is back. He looked good. Um, you know, he had COVID. Um, actually had it. Looks like he he was able to use full goal out practice all week, so he he should be good. When he when he's there, I don't, I don't think the Bills have lost a game with him or they've lost one game with him in the lineup. That was a Titans game, so that was like a well, a misstep. The, the offensive line is totally different with him in the lineup, and he's good to go. So we should be good. Um, Matt Judon is going to be either matching up between him or Dawkins. Um, both pretty good. Um, the Dawkins, he did have COVID at the beginning of the year, and he, he hasn't been to quite the same guy he was last year. Um, again, was one of the most, you know, the league's premier left tackles. He's been kind of sluggish this year, so may take advantage of him there. But that's definitely going to be a matchup match to look out for. Judon on Dawkins and Judon on Spencer Brown.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That that's going to be an intriguing matchup, and I think the defense against this offense is, is already an intriguing matchup because Buffalo, you know, if they if everything's clicking right, they can they can really be explosive on the offensive end of the football. But like we've all seen throughout this season, New England has really been good defensively, and and that's obviously going to be a big factor in this game. Now they you know they, they, they guard the run pretty well also, but Buffalo is pretty darn good, at least numbers-wise, against the run. I mean, third least yards per carry. So, I mean, you think about that's going to be a huge factor in tonight's game if the wind keeps up. It's going to be a big run game, and, and their running game versus the Bills' running game, what do you think has the edge there?
3: I would definitely say the, um, I mean, you know, just going purely unbiased, objectively, what I think, I would definitely say kind of the, the, the uh, Patriots, though I don't think that's going to... Because I think they're going to put a heavy emphasis on trying to get that run established. Yep. They don't have much of a passing game outside of that, so I don't think it's going to be as effective tonight. Though I do think they have the overall probably better running game. We do have our best, you know, run defenders. I know everyone's kind of things of the Colts game or whatever. We do have our best run defenders back in Starla Tuttele and, and Tremaine Edmonds. You know, those are, those are two big pieces, and they were missing in the Colts game. Um, as far as the Titans games go, I know they gave up like 100-something yards, Derek Henry. Um, you know, you take away the 78 yard run he had on that. Um, you know, one play he had about three something yards carry, which is which is pretty good. Um, again, it was we lost that game because the play action, the attention that Derrick Henry demands, and you know so that's the big thing there. You know, going back to the Patriots defense, if I could just go touch on that real quick. Absolutely, um, it's going to be really yeah, it's going to be really interesting what they do because you know Belichick is historically a, a man a man coverage guy. They have converted to a kind of a zone look this year to high safety. and so they've been really really good at that. Um, though I think, you know, if I was Belichick, I think a man, you know, his man defense His double coverage, his brackets potentially would work in this game. Um, you know, Kyle Duncan, I may make things a little hard. So, I though they've been really good at zone and they've kind of tr- transferred over to zone this year, I would kind of stick with man and try to kind of force Sanders to win consistently again and again and again, especially with this win. But who knows? You know, you you've been good at zone, so stick with zone. You know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Are you concerned at all with the loss of Tremaine Edmonds tonight, if if that's going to factor in at all?
3: No, so the, he, he's playing. I said we, we lost him in the Colts game, and that's why we started so talking
2: Yeah, I said the wrong yep. name. I'm sorry. I was talking about Tredavious White.
3: Tredavious White? Uh, n- not necessarily. Uh, just because, you know, the wins. I mean, I don't think the passing game is going to be, um, you know, too big. Again, the thing with Dan Jackson, then, you know, again, he, he when he was caught up as number last year and when he was, had to play on DeAndre Hopkins, he did, he did a pretty good job. Uh, the thing with him is he gets a little overly aggressive and he can be susceptible to call it double moves. Okay. Uh, we saw that of course in the Saints game, Trevor Simeon was just a terrible quarterback, it could get the job done. Um, I mean a double move into the wind, um it's gonna be pretty hard, especially with Mac Jones. I mean no, he's not again he could push the ball down the field. I'm not you know, nothing about that. But, you know, with this wind, it's gonna be first time I'm playing in it too. It's it's gonna be tough. So again, not too many double moves is gonna be coming deep down the field to where I'm gonna be totally scared of that and then we got Jordan Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde you know two of the league's premier safeties they should be able to protect Dane Jackson from that type of stuff
2: yeah, I mean I I think right there I mean what you said about Mac I think that's one of the more intriguing parts about tonight's game and something to watch is the fact that we've seen Josh Allen have to deal with some bad weather and and he's been able to do that for the most part. Now Mac Jones though has really not had to deal with anything of this magnitude outside of really that Tampa Bay game where it definitely was not as cold but it was rainy so there was there was obviously some weather implications there. But tonight Could be a really big test for Mac Jones, one of those boxes to check off, because it's not like we don't see this in New England. I mean, there are very, very bad weather games that he's going to have to play through throughout his career. So tonight's a big test there.
3: It's a ginormous test. This is as close to a player's atmosphere as he's going to get. Um, you know, people bring him against the Alabama experience. I don't really want to hear that too much. Again, the only, you know, real playoff game that he technically played on the road, because I, I watched all of Alabama as my guy, yeah. um, was the 2019 Iron Bowl when Spatula got hurt, he played admirably in that game, but he had two horrendous pick sixes, which cost us the, uh, that game, and ultimately was the only time he missed the playoffs in the history of the college football playoffs. Other than that, he hasn't really played in front of a huge crowd like that, you know. Um, the FCC championship game, I believe that was, you know, kinda half capacity. LSU was kinda half capacity, I'm not too sure. And, and the game was, you know, over like in the first quarter when we wiped them off the map pretty much. Um, and so, you know, besides the Iron Bowl, which he lost and did not do had two crucial mistakes, this is the biggest crowd he's played since then with the elements too. Codus game he's also played as well. So this is this is a ginormous test for him, this team and this coaching staff
2: definitely definitely now the buffalo bills i talked about it a little bit earlier they have a pretty tough schedule i mean three out of their four games are going to be pretty tough here are you concerned at all with the new england to tampa bay carolina then to new england again or are, are, do you feel good about the outlook of where the season's at
3: i'm worried a little bit about i'm mean, kind of a letdown maybe we're get like a big you know one score win kind of be emotional that then going to Tampa. Like, maybe you don't let your guard down you lose by one Like, you have the game in grass and you lose in Tampa. No, I would be kind of, you know, disappointed in that. But, I mean, again, if we, you know, get a win we off New England and lose to Tampa, Carolina, New England, again, I, I feel pretty good. Um, even just getting one win off New England right here if we lose the next match, I, I feel pretty good. Again, we have, we're in the better shape because we already slept Miami. They have to still play Miami and Miami is looking pretty damn good right now. Um, and they lost to Miami, too. So, that they. Yeah. They are in a disadvantage either way. You know, We win this game, we're, we're in pretty good shape. We almost certainly but guarantee ourselves a
1: division right here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like New England has, has a cakewalk either. I mean, they got the Bills tonight, obviously, but then they have a bye. And then the Colts, which is a real tough team right now. They seem to be playing their best football at the moment. And obviously then the Bills again. So it's really shaping up to be a one heck of a race for the AFC East.
3: Yeah, not only this, is, this, is def- this is the game for the one seat for sure. Um, you know, whoever wins this game, this is who the AFC is going to undoubtedly run through. Um, I get the Titans; they'll technically be in first place. They got some of an easy schedule, but I could see them losing at least one of those next couple of games they have on the stretch. So, you know, whoever wins this game is going to be the AFC one seed. Uh, I'm telling you, don't let, tell the AFC, don't mess around and get Bill Belichick a first round bye, because his Super Bowl trip is. Gar- I guarantee you, he's going to the Super Bowl if he gets a first round buy.
2: So, no, absolutely. I mean, we we've we've all seen that movie before. Now, one last thing tonight. Outside of the quarterbacks, do you have a player you think could be an X-factor in this game?
3: Absolutely. I think the X-factor for uh, the Bills definitely could be Tremaine Edmonds. I think the X-factor for the uh, the Patriots could be Matt Judon. Those could be definitely game records. Tremaine Edmonds could be a run-game game, game record, It could put you with guys in third and ten and third and longs all night long. And it could get really ugly really quick. And Matt Judon could be a game-wrecker as to where he, he gets no... Um, Josh Allen is, you know, under the rest and has to do too much has to play hero ball. And that that doesn't spell good for the Bills. So those two defensive guys that could be huge X factors for the team.
2: Definitely. I couldn't agree with you. Well, hey, I really appreciate you calling in. This was awesome. And I look forward to talking to you next week.
3: For sure, man. Game of the year right here. Absolutely.
2: Big one. See you later. All righty. So I will head to break and be right back. Time to pay a few bills, so hang tight with more Shat Chat with Bradley Shatraw on WNRI.
3: Recent studies show germs have transmitted at self-service gas pumps. Don't put yourself at risk. Come to Murphy's Full Service Gas, where gasoline is pumped for you while you remain in the comfort of your car. At Murphy's, you pay the same low price whether you pay
0: cash or credit. And free air for your tires for all our customers. Just look for the big green Murphy's sign on Social Street near the Diamond Hill Road intersection.
1: Jacob Rall Sons Construction is a family-owned business that does many types of masonry work at your home, business, or property. From chimneys, fireplaces, brick steps, block work, outdoor kitchens, veneer work, and other applications, they take care of whatever you need done and are known for their craftsmanship and the quality of their product. So give Tony a call at 401-744-4864 and see why more customers trust Jacob Rollins Sons Construction.
2: Do you need a scratch or dent taken out of the body of your car? Visit Cody Auto Body in North Smithfield. It is located right next to Little General at 716 St. Paul Street. And with their state-of-the-art equipment and DuPont paints, owner Mike Cody will take care of all your needs. Give them a call today at 401-762-2883 or go in and talk to Mike directly. He has taken care of my car for years and I've never once been disappointed. You can visit their page on Yelp to get more information. Right, we are back here with the Chat Chat Radio Show on WNRI. Two great calls tonight, one from each side of the spectrum. Ben Catino called in, talked a little bit about the weather, and obviously stuff surrounding the New England Patriots. Jamal Harris called in. We discussed the weather a little bit, but he talked all things Bills. A lot of great points made there. Always happy to have him on the show. And tonight it was very relevant because, I mean, obviously we're all waiting for this huge, huge game tonight. And I'm sure Jamal's been thinking about this one all week, and all of it was just spewed in that segment that he was just on for. Now, I mean, I really don't have much more to discuss on the game. I will absolutely go back to it if somebody calls in, would be happy, uh, more than happy, to, to hear everybody else's thoughts and their opinions on, on the Patriots game tonight. But I do want to move to the Kansas City Chiefs because yesterday, once again, they just didn't look right. And really, we've only seen the the Kansas City Chiefs that we all know and the team that they've been the past couple years dominant, we've only really seen it on Sunday Night Football against the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland, but it's not. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. And we saw the high-powered offense. We saw them moving the ball down the field. Patrick Mahomes was throwing it all over the place. I think he had four touchdowns. had close to 400 yards. A monster night. And that's what we got used to week in and week out over the past few seasons from Patrick Mahomes. Because that's really all we've ever known. I mean, since he stepped in there as a rookie, he has taken the league by storm. The Kansas City Chiefs have taken the league by storm. And it's really strange to see the way in which they look right now. Now, it's not to say that they're falling apart because they're still number one in their division. There's still a team that's coming out with wins. I think they have four straight wins right now, and I'm talking about them the way I am. But that's the standard they set for themselves. They just don't look like that same high-powered offense. And weirdly enough, they're winning through their defense at the moment. And that's just not something we've ever said about the Kansas City Chiefs. If anything, all we've ever talked about is how the defense is a liability. And it's really hard to win with a defense that is just not that talented because you got to score a ton of points. And Mahomes has been able to do that. But now all of a sudden the script has flipped. Their defense has had to play very, very well for them to sneak out these, these odd victories that they keep coming out with. I mean, they snuck by the Denver Broncos. You saw them against the Dallas Cowboys without all of their players. I mean, the Cowboys were down four or five important players in that game, and the Chiefs were only able to muster three second-half points, came out with a gutsy 19-9 to win. But Patrick Mahomes is off. Let's all be honest about what we're watching here. He just does not look right. And all of a sudden, it seems like he's dropping down three quarters way more than he used to. He's fallen in love with the flashy pass and the Sports Center top-10 play. And I don't blame him because he's been able to do it so effort, effortlessly for a couple seasons now. But all of a sudden, it seems like it's getting in his way almost. It, it seems like it, it's in his head or, or it's just flat out bad mechanics. I mean, there were a few simple throws that Mahomes had to make last night that he dropped down three quarters. And either the receiver wasn't able to hold on to it or it just was not put in the right spot. And the receiver was not able to catch the ball and that 's really where this offense is at in Kansas City. Their big factors have been taken out of the game I mean they 've had some big games here and there, but last night it was a perfect example. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey they may have had what five catches combined, maybe fifty yards combined i mean that 's just not who the Kansas City chiefs are and all of a sudden, when teams are playing these these two safeties deep and and forcing you to to take what they 're giving you rather than these big plays that have really been momentum swingers for the Chiefs have been what they hang their hat on they are not doing that anymore because other teams are game planning against it and Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden with he's not taking what the defense is giving him and it's showing and and I I talked a little bit on my podcast over the week about how I thought maybe incorporating the run would be able to help this and, and force teams to have to play the run open up the passing game a little bit And I didn't think they ran the ball bad against the Denver Broncos. I mean, it it wasn't anything special, but it it wasn't bad by any means either. And that still wasn't something that unlocked the passing game for this team, unlocked it for this offense. You can see it in Andy Reid's face. Sometimes he, he seems a little aggravated there on the sidelines. Last night in their own territory on a fourth and two, they elected to kick the field goal, which if if the Kansas City Chiefs offense is going right, they are not kicking that football. They are going for it on fourth down. So that's another thing here that shows even Andy Reid knows we are just not right on that side of the ball right now. And he didn't trust it enough. So he said, I'm going to take the points and we'll come away with three here. But, man... It's, it's incredible to watch the drop-off from where they were last season to what they are now. But all hope is not lost. And the reason I say that is because I keep coming back to it, but look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did last year. And it's a tough comparison to make because these two teams don't necessarily look the same. I mean, Tampa had some really, really good weeks, looked high-powered almost all season. They just had that weird three-week month or three weeks to a month stretch last season. Well, they just didn't look right, and they put it together right before the playoffs and headed in, head into the playoffs playing their best football. But that right there is what I'm saying about the Kansas City Chiefs. Can they head into the playoffs playing their best football? They haven't been right all year. Patrick Mahomes just looks off. Their, offensive high, their high-powered offensive weapons and Tyree Hill, Travis Kelsey, not doing what they usually do. All of a sudden, the defense has stepped up and allowed them to come out with some gutsy wins over the last month. But that right there shows they could potentially get to a spot where they are playing their best football heading into the playoffs. Because I don't think anybody expected this defense to be as good as they've been, I mean, the past few weeks. And who's to say that can't continue for a few more weeks? And if it does, and all of a sudden, this offense can come around, Patrick Mahomes can come around and get some momentum going, they could really play their best football heading into the playoffs and be a scary team in the AFC but I've been saying that for two weeks now, and nothing has changed with this team. So the, to- the clock is ticking. I mean, there's only so many weeks they have left to get right as a team. And like I said, they're going to be in the playoffs. They look like they're taking care of business in their division, and-, and they've been able to come out with some ugly wins consistently here. But the way they're playing right now is not going to win in the playoffs. It is not going to make a Super Bowl. And before the season started, hell, when the Super Bowl ended last year, I looked around to my entire friend group that I was with, and I said, the same two teams are going to play in the Super Bowl again. And right now, it's tough to believe that. Now, I believe, I mean, don't get me wrong, I believe the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to win the NFC, and that's coming from a Cowboys fan. But I believe Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going to go back to the Super Bowl. But I do not have nearly that same confidence in the Chiefs right now because of the way they've looked. Something is not right in Kansas City, and nobody's been able to figure it out yet outside of that Las Vegas Raiders game. I mean, we even saw Travis Kelsey coming out talking about the meme. I got my swagger back. You know, it it seemed like they were back. The Chiefs were going to be back. And that just has not been the case. And it's something to watch because if they can't get it together soon, they're never going to get it together at all. They're going to head into the playoffs. And I don't even know if they win a playoff game at this point. With the way in which that team looks, I'm just not sure they even win a playoff game at this point. Now, moving off the Chiefs, let's move to the Baltimore Ravens, a team that, I mean, they helped the Patriots last night, that's for sure. Because if they were able to get a win against the Steelers, they would have been the number one overall seed in the AFC. But the Steelers were able to come out with a gutsy win. And uh, one thing that's really interesting about the Ravens this season is they consistently go down against opponents. I mean... They've been down two scores in multiple games this season, and they've been able to come back from it and come out with some gutsy wins. But they've also suffered some losses because of, you know, facing those deficits and playing uphill for the entire second half. Now, an interesting decision was made yesterday by John Harbaugh. I almost said, Jim, go you Mish, go blue. But at the end of the day, John Harbaugh, I mean, he, he made an interesting decision with Lamar Jackson. Uh, they scored a touchdown. And they were potentially going to tie the game and they were going to send it to overtime. They were going to rely on Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers of all time, maybe the best kicker of all time, based on efficiency and what he's been able to do for a consistent period of time. Now, all they had to do was kick the extra point and bang, they go to overtime. And John Harbaugh came out and said, you know, we were out of corners. We were in a real tough spot defensively. They have some injuries. They didn't really want to go to overtime because of the injuries that they had on the defensive side of the ball. So he went for it. Uh, for the two point conversion To win the game Now the crazy part about that is If you don't get it, you lose If you do get it, you win We never see anybody take that chance really In the NFL And the Ravens elected to do it yesterday And I love the confidence in Lamar Jackson And if we're being honest They had a touchdown They, they called the right play If Lamar makes a better throw If Mark Andrews makes a better effort on that ball Either way you want to spin it They come out with a win there But it's a game of inches And, and it, was, it was exemplified right there Mark Andrews was not able to come up with that catch. And Lamar Jackson and the Ravens come away with a loss there. And like I said, I mean, they're still very much in the playoff picture here. They should should definitely make it in and be a playoff team this season. But you got to wonder what their ceiling is as a team because they haven't really looked right all season as well. I mean, they're really kind of in the background here not getting as much criticism, not getting as much focus because of the way in which the Kansas City Chiefs have looked. And they're the ones that everybody's focusing on saying, what's wrong with this team? Why don't they look like the same team? Well, the Ravens similarly have not looked like what they did at least the last couple of seasons. And the success they've had with Lamar Jackson, they have not looked like that high powered team either. They've had some trouble moving the the, uh, the ball in the air. They've... Lamar Jackson is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, some of that probably comes from him trying to escape a little too much inside that pocket because he does possess such an overwhelming threat to run the football. But the Ravens don't look right either. And you got to wonder if they're a team in the playoffs that really makes any noise at all either. Because... Like I said, they haven't been able to look right. Their defense has been pretty good, obviously. I mean, not even pretty good. They've been good. I mean, the Baltimore defense has been good for a team that, you know, consistently needs big stops, plays in low-scoring games. I mean, we saw an ugly one against the Miami Dolphins' low-scoring game where they did come away with the loss there. An ugly one against the Cleveland Browns where they came away with a win, but it was low-scoring as well. So it seems like they're really not capable of scoring that many points, and they're relying so much on their defense to help them out. And that, to me, is not a winning formula in the playoffs either. I mean, you got to be able to score points. you got to be able to move the chains when it happens. And as much as they've played in so many close games, and that's not necessarily something that would hinder them, I'm just not sure if the Ravens are that big of a juggernaut as we all originally would have thought at the beginning of the season either. And that's why the AFC is wide open. I've been saying that for a month now. The AFC is wide open when you look at the landscape i mean the patriots really have a chance to make some noise the bills really have a chance to make some noise you got the chiefs and the ravens here that i'm talking about that just don't look like that that unbeatable product that they've seemed like for a couple of years, obviously the Ravens never really reached that level of uh, expectation, I guess. They, they they never really got there. But the Chiefs did, and they don't look like the normal Chiefs. So the AFC is wide open. And that's why tonight's game can, for the Patriots and the Bills continues to just... It's a huge one in all sorts of aspects. But like Jamal said, I'd have to agree with him. Tonight seems like winner gets that one seed. Maybe the one seed in the AFC, but winner wins the AFC East. So it's... You can't you can't really measure how big of a game they have going on tonight, but with those two teams, the Ravens and the Chiefs struggling, it really seems like anybody, anybody can win the AFC as long as they get in. Time to pay a few bills. So hang tight with more Shat Chat with Bradley Shatraw on WNRI.
1: Trinity Health and Rehab is a skilled nursing facility in the heart of Woonsocket with a long-term, short-term, and recuperating after a hospital procedure. And in need of rehab services or in need of respite, we're here to help. They also have a fully secure Alzheimer's unit. Make Trinity Health and Rehab your facility of choice. Call 765-5844 for information. It's springtime, the right
2: time to get an upgrade to your home or how about that addition you've wanted. Print construction can help and all you need to do is call Scott Quinn at 401-996-3038 to set up an appointment to get the process started. Scott owns the small company manned by him and his son. They'll take care of any carpentry or construction needs you have, taking the utmost care and thoughtful professionalism to any project at a reasonable pricing to ensure your complete satisfaction. Call Scott Quinn this week at 401-996-3038 Eight at Quinn Construction. And we are back yet again here with the last segment of the Shat Chat Sports Radio Show on WNRI. About seven minutes remaining in the show, and I did a lot of football today. But i got to shift to the MLB and the Boston Red Sox. Surprise, surprise, I'm going to finish the show talking about the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, MLB's in a weird spot right now. They're obviously in the lockout, and, and that's because the players and the league just could not come to an agreement by their deadline. So baseball is locked out right now. And the biggest concern to me is you just can't let this carry on. I mean, it's no big deal if they're locked out in the offseason, maybe two, three months here. But if you get into spring training, and, and, and this sport is still locked out and it's starting to affect teams getting together and getting those practice games in and getting prepared for the season, it's not a good look for the sport. It's just not. I mean, we got to be honest about it. You, you can't have this lurking and affect your season, especially after you had it affect the 60-game season uh, with, in the COVID year. The players and the owners just could not get on the, the same page. I mean, that season could have been 100 games if they were able to just simply agree on the terms of the season and it carried out so long that it ended up being a 60-game season. And that is the last thing that I would want to happen to the upcoming season for the Boston Red Sox. I mean, that's the beauty of baseball in my mind. I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but I love the fact that it's 162, and I love the fact that it's on every day because I watch every game. I know that's hard to believe, but it's true, and I love the fact that, hey, you lose one day, wake up tomorrow, there's another game on that night. Now, despite that, really to me, I just don't want the season shortened. I don't want it to affect these guys getting into training camp, and ultimately, we're all waiting on free agent, kinda, these free agent signings and this free agent breaking news. And that's what brings me to my point about the Boston Red Sox. I mean, they made a flurry of moves before this lockout came. And, I mean, you look at what they did. There were definitely some head scratchers. Now, bringing in Michael Waka, I like. It's a depth piece. It's a guy who pitched well against the Yankees last year. He's pitched in the AL East, so he knows kind of about the teams that he's going to be facing a large majority of the time. And again, he pitched well against the Yankees. The numbers were there, so it makes a lot of sense for the Red Sox to bring him in as a depth piece. He's a guy that could be that fifth starter, but I highly doubt it. I think he's going to give him a lot of innings out of the bullpen, and and that should be fun to watch. They also signed James Paxton to a two-year, I mean, a three-year deal, actually, it was. Now, he is not going to pitch much this season as he is recovering from Tommy John, but I do like the move because because of the fact that He's got really good stuff, and he's been really good for multiple teams in the MLB. He was great for the Yankees when he pitched for them, and as much as he's an injured guy that's not going to impact this team for the upcoming season, I mean, if any, he could really make a difference. Two years from now and the year after that, because you can't put a stamp on having a quality, reliable lefty in your rotation. And James Paxton could be that. I mean, he's got the stuff to do it as long as he comes out of Tommy John and looks even remotely like the same guy he was before. Now, they also went out and got 42-year-old Rich Hill, who this is going to be his, I believe, fourth stint as a Boston Red Sox. that's That ties Lenny DiNardo, I believe, as the most stints with the Boston Red Sox. But man, I mean, Rich Hill last year, as much as he's 42 years old, that's obviously one of those things that you kind of hear and you give a little bit of a side eye, but Last year he pitched one of the most innings he has in his entire career and he did it pretty darn well. I mean, it's it's fair to kind of wonder, do the Rays win that ALDS series against the Red Sox with Rich Hill in their in their rotation because of the way in which he was pitching last year. He was a reliable guy that really was able to get it done when he was on the hill. So, we'll wonder you wonder if he brings that to Boston, but again, it's another depth piece. I think it's important to have As many lefties as they brought in, because look, I mean, I think I've been thinking about it a little bit wrong, but they've got to replace the, the, the impact of Eduardo Rodriguez, and they could do that with a righty. As long as they do still have a lefty in that rotation of five, because you can't go out there with just one lefty and four righties and expect to win a majority of your games in the MLB. So I think I had a little bit of a wrong take on that. I think you can replace Eduardo Rodriguez's production with a righty as long as you still somewhere in that rotation have a lefty. Now. Real quickly before the show wraps up, the biggest move, obviously, was Hunter Renfro. He has been traded to the Milwaukee Brewers for Jackie Bradley Jr. and two prospects. Yes, you heard that right. Jackie Bradley Jr. will be coming back to Boston, and it's an interesting move. It didn't make a lot of sense. I know a lot of people are pretty upset over it, but I think it's one of those things where you sell high on Renfro. I, I, I think Chaim Bloom said, "I don't. I'm never going to get 30 and 100 out of this guy again." That's 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, big milestone in the MLB. I think Hyam looked and said, "Listen, I'm not going to get that production out of this guy again. I need to sell high. He got two very good prospects, from what people are saying. I'm not a prospect guy, so that doesn't mean much to me. Because I mean, in baseball, you could be the number one prospect, and that." More than any other sport, that just does not matter. You never, never know. But again, he got the two prospects out of it. He brings back a, probably the best defensive center fielder the Red Sox have had in 50 years. I mean, he's incredible out there. He just can't hit the ball. But the good part about this is his role is going to be different. He's probably going to be a fourth outfielder. He's going to be a defensive replacement in inning seven through nine. One of the better defensive replacements that you could possibly have. Because again, he's one of the better defenders this team has ever had. And that's one thing that I like about the trade. But now you have to replace the production, the batting production of Hunter Renfro some way, somehow. Whether that's Kyle Schwarber, whether that's Saya Suzuki, still to be seen. A lot of questions going into this lockout. And we're going to have to wait for them to be answered later on. Because, listen, we have no idea when this lockout's going to end. Thank you for listening to today's show. And I will see everyone or you'll hear me next week.
1: You've just experienced the newest trend in radio sports talk, Chat Chat with Bradley Shatraw. Tell your friends and fellow sports fans to tune in next Monday evening at 7 p.m. for the reason you listen to local radio. This is WNRI One Socket.